Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Null here, and we are back with episode 3 of Pixel Patrol. We have a lot of stuff to go into, and it's gonna take a while, so buckle up, this is gonna be a long one. I am, I know I'm like a week late, like I took two weeks, and I wanted to do this weekly, but there was so much stuff to go over that I did not want to delay, or not delay, but do... I had to split everything up in multiple parts. We can just do a giant summer games announcement showcase. But more specifically, we're going to be talking primarily about the Xbox game showcase. That's going to be a big part of this episode. It's going to be in the middle. But yeah, so we got a lot, a lot of games to go into. And I hope that you guys are ready for it. Because <laughs> it's a little overwhelming, but it's going to be cool. It's a good time right now to be into video games. It's a good time to be a game collector, and yeah, so let's get going on this. I want to start off a little differently, though. Normally, in the past the past couple episodes, we've been kind of just getting right into it, more specifically the PlayStation episode. Past couple. I did two episodes. I literally did two episodes, past couple. I'm making up episodes now. So, but anyways, uh, late, the last episode, I kind of just went right into the news, but I kind of want to start it off with a little bit of a catch-up instead. And, uh, you know, kind of update you guys on what I'm playing and if I have any video game pickups for the week. So, it's been two weeks, but I have not really picked up any new video games for the collection. I did pick up some gaming and Star Wars memorabilia. Um, or, well, collectibles, I should say. Uh, I met this guy at work, saw that I had a uh, Fallout t-shirt on. So, he uh, asked if I liked Fallout stuff, and I said, yeah. And he said he had a replica of the Super Sledge from Fallout, and he sold it to me for like 20 bucks, which is a pretty good deal, because normally they're like 80 So I got a cool Super, Sle Super Sledge replica. It's pretty nice. I'm glad to have it. I'm going to hang it up in the, in the game room. And then I also have some... I also got some Fallout Funkos from him. I think they're just the Wanderer. They're just the Wanderer Funko Pops, but pretty cool. 20 bucks, not bad. And then I also bought... Some new Star Wars Visions Funko Pops. I know that these aren't directly gaming related, but I love Star Wars, so I'm going to include it. They did uh, Funko Pops for the Star Wars Visions series. So, there was, uh, what was it? The Ronin. Oh yeah, they did the Ronin. They had two separate Ronin Funko Pops. They did one with a t-shirt, and then they did like a giant one with his like droid with the straw hat on. And I believe it's a straw hat. But, yeah, so that that's cool. It's, you know, in the black and white art style like Ronan. I really like it. Uh, he has his red lightsaber out. And then there was that one Star Wars Visions episode with the twins. I have the Funko Pop for that. that that's pretty cool. Got the one twin with the red lightsaber, the, the girl twin, and then the boy has the blue lightsaber. It's like bluish-white. But, anyways, it's cool. Those are my gaming, uh, you know... Pop culture pickups, I guess, for the week. Not No new video games. I've been kind of slowing it down because I have so much stuff to play through. And there's so much stuff coming out, i.e. what we're about to talk about today, as well as stuff later this year, such as Hogwarts Legacy and Pokemon. So it's going to be a long, expensive next year, year and a half. So I'm kind of slowing it down on the retro stuff for now. But still, game collecting is game collecting, whether it's new or retro. And let's get into the games I'm playing. I'm still playing League of Legends. It's, uh, you know, soul crushing. It's uh, sad, you know. 
you get on there, lose some ranked games, all your teammates are refusing to cooperate, and that makes it rough. But it's still fun. I like the mechanics of the game, and when I can really like hunker down and concentrate, it feels like I can carry any team out of any situation. But if I'm just not in the right mindset, yeah, I can't. I just can't play this game because I'm depending on other people not feeling the same way I do to win. So, but yeah, I still love the game. I love the characters and game and like the character design. Don't like uh, Tencent that much though, but whatever. Next up, we got Ghostwire Tokyo. I've been talking about it in the past podcast. Uh, I beat it the other day. I think like a little earlier last week. I, or not earlier, but towards the later end of last week. And uh, I liked it. It was good. I thought it was pretty solid. I really liked the, it's kind of hard because the, to talk about um, like story-wise because this, I didn't really care about the story as much, but I was kind of like lightly paying attention to it, but it pretty much uh, plays like, or the story kind of plays out like a, I don't know, I don't want to say anime, but basically like an anime written story where like, you know, they kind of introduce you to the characters and give you like no backstory on them and you're, you know, you're kind of like, uh, why should I care about these characters? And then the more you play through the game or watch the show in anime case, you learn the backstory and learn why you should care about these characters. So it's kind of hard to attach to them early and, you know, besides their basic, all you know is that KK, the spirit that in um com- like attaches to the main character he all you know is that he wants to stop the bad guy of the game and then all you know is the main character i think his name is like akito it is uh his goal is to save his sister so you know it's good i think i don't you you start to care more and then by the end of the game you know when the ending happens you're like oh no that is sad I'm really sad. So, I don't know. I didn't really give a crap until... Yeah, I was right. Akito. Akito Izuki was the main character of Ghostwire Tokyo. But yeah, uh, you end up not really caring at first, and then you care by the end, and then the ending happens, and you're, like, sad. And uh, you learn to care about them. So, But it, it is hard to get attached to the characters in Ghostwire. But overall, like, the... Uh, the world design is amazing. I mean, especially if you're obsessed with like Japanese culture and like Japanese architecture and well, architecture in the sense of like, there's like shrines and stuff like that, that have like uh, different like spirit gates and stuff. And those are cool. And uh, just this city design, it's amazing. It makes you really feel like, you know, a little like tourist simulation of Tokyo and you're just kind of walking around and you get to see things that like you'd never see in America, you know, like, like Tokyo has like all these, like, I mean, seemingly in the game, all these like little underground, like subway malls and stuff like that, where like you have the subway station and then there's all these like little shops in there, stuff like that never happens in America. I mean, there might be like a coffee shop or something, but that, you know, in one subway station, you know, you'll have like a, an arcade, a hair salon, a restaurant and you know, something else where in America you might have like a coffee stand or something like that, but not anything like you know ghostwire tokyo depicts tokyo having so it's really interesting to see just the different layout of everything how small all the houses are you know how um especially you know obviously it's tokyo and it's a city so they're all living in like you know smaller housing but it it's really interesting to see the lifestyle differences you know um like how 
you know, Japanese culture, you take off your shoes before you get into the house or whatever, you know, you leave your shoes either outside or um, off the like wood floor at the by the front door. That's really cool to see. They had a lot of attention to detail with that, um, including that in the houses and stuff. So really good job. It was really cool. I'm really interested in going to Tokyo someday. So kind of just wandering around the game and exploring and seeing everything, you know, walking into like the little uh, mini marts to like buy things for the game throughout the game was really cool because you kind of like watch you know youtubers go to japanese places online like japanese marketplaces online you know like uh oh i'm in tokyo for the day i'm gonna go to 7-eleven and pick up you know coffee or something like that it was really cool because it was kind of like that so i was like oh wow this i feel like i'm in a little mini mart in japan right now so but yeah it was good the gameplay was good i think overall the gameplay is it's simple it gets harder towards the end but I mean, it's kind of like means to it means to an end. Overall, though, I do think it made you feel like cool. It made you feel really cool, and it made you—I uh, don't know—the graphics are just amazing. I mean, my PS5 was chugging for this game. You know, it's—it even seemed like in certain sections, like you're getting like rate, you know, the reflections off the water, or like if it's raining in Tokyo, all the water has like reflections on it and stuff. It looks insane. So my PS5 was chugging. Every time I got that disc out of the console, man, that sucker was hot. It was burning. So yeah, I definitely recommend Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, oh yeah. W one more thing for the mechanics, mechanics wise, a lot of people were complaining that you might as well just jump building to building, uh, in the game and you can, but you definitely, benefit from wandering the streets more and that's what i did and maybe that's why i liked it more i mean i can see why it'd be beneficial to go up into the sky but you get a lot more from wandering the streets and not sticking up on the uh, rooftops so maybe that's why i liked it a lot more and the shooting and gameplay wise you really had to mix it up for each enemy you couldn't just kind of like brain dead um just fire stuff out i switched it up a lot and towards the ending of the game when you get to the end you really have to like like i was really going hard on like the fire they call it uh what was it weaving form weaving or something like that so you had fire weaving wind weaving and water weaving and they're basically just different types of projectiles like uh, the air weaving is like regular little bullets that you fire out your fingers like air bullets and then the water weaving was like a giant wave of water that would kind of go out to like do like a aoe attack kind of so if you're getting pressure by like three spirits you could fire it out and hit all three at once and then the fire the fire weaving was just a giant fire missile you fired out on your finger and uh it did a lot of damage but you, it took a little bit to charge so yeah uh you you really had to mix it up i found myself doing like huge charges of like the fire weaving on like big enemies and then having to like burst them down with the little air weaving so i mixed it up a little bit but i definitely don't think it's as in-depth as other games and i definitely don't think like the skill tree system's pretty basic for sure but overall i'd give this game i don't want to do like a number system because everybody does a number system but i'd i'd give this game a beat it and uh i don't know if you just want to check it out for a little bit i mean just to play it, it's good too i'd beat it though i'd say beat it i wouldn't say complete it or 100 percent it but i'd say beat it beat that game because uh it, it is good this is very good and where is it there it is last game last game I'm i don't even know why i have like a script in front of me when i do these to kind of slow you know loosely guide me through like a document or whatever i don't know why i put this game over here 
I literally just played it a couple hours ago, so I don't even know why I'm having like a hard time remembering it. Small brain, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, Slime Rancher. Playing Slime Rancher right now on... Well, I'm playing it on my PS5, but more so... Uh, more so... It's like... More so. I don't know what that, why I'm saying that, but more... Anyways, it's the PS4 version. <laughs> I'm playing the PS4 version on my PS5 because uh, there is no native PS5 version of Slime Rancher, I do not believe. Um, Slime Rancher 2 coming to Xbox exclusive, by the way. Crazy, but and it's a relaxing game. Um, you pretty much, in Slime Rancher, you just kind of like suck up these slimes with this little gun and then you fire them out into these like corrals you can build and then you farm them. So you feed them and then you suck up their poop in your gun and then you like fire them into this like... I don't know, but it looks like it's like a stock market thing, but basically it pays you money. It's kind of like a farming simulator, except for instead of like animals or like crops, it's like slime poop. And like these slimes get dangerous and more aggressive and harder to care for, but the more their poop is worth, so you, you know, sell them. And you can breed the slimes um, so they can produce two of, of di like two different types of poop by eating once, and you can double your money basically. Um, but if you like breed. Let's say you breed a pink slime with a blue slime to make, you know, a giant blue slime. But if that giant pink and blue slime eats a green slime poop, it's going to turn into an evil slime. So you have to make sure that you only keep the same types of slimes in the corral and uh, care for them and make sure they're eating and stuff. Right now I'm at the point in the game where I have these crystal slimes and these radioactive slimes and I bred them together and I bred these hunter slimes with these radioactive slimes together. But... The real money for me right now is breeding the the invisible hunter slimes with the uh, crystal slimes because then I can get like a hundred bucks per poop almost. Like, well, if I combine the two poops and sell them, I can make like a hundred bucks. That's so much money. I'd be rich. So that's what I'm working on right now, anyways. Um, and it's fun. It's just relaxing. I listen to like podcasts and stuff. I just kind of turn my brain off. I was going to play Horizon Forbidden West after Ghostwire Tokyo, but I just fired through all these like newer games. So I fired through Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Ghostwire Tokyo. And I was like, I need to play something older and kind of relax. So I was thinking about Minecraft. But I was like, ah, you know what? I have Slime Rancher and it seems relaxing. It doesn't seem too intense. So I'm going to play that. And there's no real ending to the game. You kind of just farm and make money and farm and make money until... Um, you get these like letters from these in-game characters and then eventually you'll get like the final letter after you make a certain amount of money and like breed a certain amount of slimes and that's kind of like the ending of the game now you can do much much more and apparently there's like a whole end game but my interest right now is just to kind of casually farm until i get the the end game letter or the ending screen letter and call that a day but i really like it so far a lot of people from these guys i'm watching are really into like min maxing their slime farms which is cool and all. I mean, it's definitely cool. I just don't really want to do that. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. But I can see if you're, like, obsessed with this game, how it would be really fun to just keep going. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm playing. Those were my pickups. Now, let's get into the news section. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a long one. I'm going to try to fire through it reasonably. Uh, I wrote down games I'm excited for mainly or games that i i think will be a big deal overall i skipped a lot of indies i skipped a lot of games i did not think would be fun obviously this is subjective so if you want to go over any of these uh showcases we're going to talk about um uh I, you know just search them up that's what i would do 
uh, just, you know, Summer Games Fest, Xbox Showcase, all that stuff, and just kind of look into it. So, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, Like I said, I want this podcast to be kind of opinionated in what I like and focus on what I like as a collector. But I also understand that, you know, it's a collect game collecting podcast, so I'm going to kind of go over all the big things, you know. So, but when it comes to, like, little indies and stuff like that, then I'll kind of pull stuff I'm interested in out. Because indies are really hit or miss. You know, either you really like an indie game or you really hate it. And that's what makes indies cool because it kind of shows your own little personal taste. Let's get started with Summer Games Fest. Now, Jeff Keighley warned everybody, like I said in the last episode, I believe, I think I said in the State of Play podcast, that Jeff Keighley warned everybody is going to be mainly a game play like showcase not really a game announcement showcase which is true there were some games announced but nothing like absolutely insane overall i thought it was okay i thought it was a decent showcase but anyways let's get into the nitty-gritty stuff i'm excited for and stuff i think is a big deal number one we got the six fighter six fighter street fighter six guile trailer six fighter street guys it's the new game six fighter street Anyway, Street Fighter Six Guile trailer. It looked really good. It, I I like this design a lot. Um, I like how they are aging the Street Fighter characters because this game, uh, in like the canonical timeline, because like the games are like a messed up order. Like it's like Street Fighter Two, uh, Street Fighter Alpha or something like that, and then Street Fighter Three, and then Street Fighter Four, and then Street Fighter Five, and then oh no, it was like Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Alpha. And then Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 5, and then it's going to be Street Fighter 3, and then Street Fighter 6 or something like that. It's something messed up. It's some weird timeline. Anyways, Street Fighter 6 is the technical, like, latest game in the timeline, so they're aging these characters up a lot. You know, these guys have been around for a long time. You know, Guile, Ryu, uh, Chun-Li... And they're aging them up, changing their designs to be older. And I really like that. And Guile looked really good. He still has his comb, still rocking the haircut. Um, but yeah, you know, they kind of said like Luke, the new that Luke guy, I believe his name is, the one with the chest tattoo or the chest weird chest shirt with the arms that, you know, punch so hard they look like bullets. Um, the new blonde guy in the game, he's going to be kind of the face of Street Fighter now. Instead of Ryu, he's the new the new age hero. Well, we'll see if they stick to that. That'd be crazy to see a Street Fighter game with Luke on the cover and not Ryu. But I think it's Luke. Anyways, with Luke on the cover and not Ryu, that'd be really cool. Uh, well, not really. I think it'd be really cool to like see them actually commit to doing that. But I don't think they will. I think they'll say that. And then they're going to go back. And Street Fighter 6 is going to have Ryu on the cover. Or Street Fighter 7 will have Ryu on the cover. I think they're full of it. But we'll see. Anyways. Street Fighter 6 Guile trailer looked good. Next up. Aliens Dark Descent. Uh, they announced a new Aliens game. I think it's a tactical sh game. Like a tactical shooter or something like that. Not really my thing. I don't really care about the Alien franchise. But I do recognize that. This is a pretty big announcement and that people really like the Alien games. So if you're into the Aliens, you know, uh, like the Xenomorphs and stuff, this is for you. I don't really care about it, though. Next up, uh, Callisto Protocol. Rated R gameplay trailer, they said. Pretty violent. A lot of blood and guts and stuff and uh, 
like I don't know, like severing of limbs. But anyways, not my thing again. Uh, but I do think the gameplay looks kind of like pretty impressive, and I think the graphics look pretty impressive. I think this game is gonna be massive, 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 massive amongst the uh, survival horror genre. It looks like a Dead Space, you know, like a Dead Space Four, but which is basically what it is because it's made by the same devs. But yeah, Callisto Protocol, I think it's gonna be big. Next up, Witchfire. It was a magical like FPS game. Looks pretty fun. Looks pretty interesting. And I want to keep an eye on the progression of this game. I want to see it because uh, this is definitely something I'm interested in. Looks interesting at least at first glance. So definitely gonna keep an eye on Witchfire. Routine um, looked really cool. It's like that uh, that one. Tra it was just a trailer. There was no gameplay. It was a cinematic trailer. Just some guy walking down the staircase, and there's this like scary white robot, and this like abandoned facility, and then he turns around, and another version of the robot like grabs him and like like eats him or something. Looked really cool. It it looked like the it looked like he was in an abandoned like I don't know abandoned tech facility or something like post apocalyptic thing, and these guys are wandering around. It looked really cool. There was it looks really scary though. I think it's going to be definitely a survival horror game, but a lot less bloody and you know gory. But it looks spooky and cool, kind of like right up my alley. Um, not much gameplay in it, but it looks really interesting. And uh, those robots have like really weird faces. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, uh, next up, uh, we got Marvel Midnight Suns, the Spider-Man and Venom trailer where Spider-Man joins the main characters and gets a new Spidey suit. And Venom gets hostily, I will say hostily, abducted and like transformed by that green witch lady. And he's like one of the venom, uh, the villains in the game, forcibly, by the way, forcibly. Uh, but yeah, so that was cool to see. But the only the only thing I have to say with the Marvel Midnight Sounds, it's like, oh wow, whoa, uh, sp a new Spider-Man suit, and he looks epic, and Venom looks epic, and he's a villain. But I don't really care because <laughs> there's no gameplay, right? Because it's like, wow, I can't wait to see these in the game. But I'm not going to buy the game if I don't know how it is. Like, we know it's a tactical RPG. We know that. It's a kind of like a Marvel XCOM game. But that's all we know. And it's really sad that all we know is that this is the genre it is. These are the characters. There you go, Chief. It's like, wow, you, you added Spider-Man doesn't mean I'm going to buy it. So they need to show something gameplay-wise. I don't believe they have. I haven't seen anything. I did some research for a little bit. I couldn't find anything. So I don't see any anything about this anywhere. So I'm hoping that they release some gameplay soon. Watch after I make this, they're gonna drop a gameplay trailer. But yeah, so cool trailer. I really hope they show gameplay soon. And if they do, I'm all in. But I've gotten burned by Marvel games. I've gotten burned by Marvel games. Uh, not Spider-Man ones, obviously. But I bought Avengers Day One. I passed on Guardians of the Galaxy because of Avengers, and I'm glad I did. I mean, people like it, but I didn't think it was... I played it on Game Pass. It wasn't that good. I'm glad I didn't spend $60 on it. But anyways, all I'm saying is Marvel's been really flopping with these games, so I need some gameplay. I need some gameplay. So I really hope we see that soon. Next up, we got the Cuphead DLC, Cuphead Delicious Last Course. And they keep saying delicious last course. Get it, haha, <laughs> DLC. The first three, the first letters of all three words are DLC. Isn't that creative? It's like, yeah, dude, we get it. You said that the last five times. I understand that you're excited that it says DLC in the text, in the title. 
that's amazing but it does look it does look good it looks really good i think it's going to be really cool to play cup like for cuphead people um the cuphead fans and i think that it's going to be fun i'm waiting to play cuphead until i can get that sweet sweet physical copy uh, with the DLC intact, because they said they weren't going to make a physical. That's what I read a long time ago. It's that they either weren't going to make a physical or like reprint a physical until the DLC was out. So once that happens, I'm going out and I'm buying a co- like a copy dig- uh, physically. But we're going to wait for that to happen. Uh, next thing at the Summer Game Showcase was the Shredder's Revenge Casey Jones trailer. Uh, there's not really much I can say about Shredder's Revenge anymore besides it looks really fun graphically it looks amazing it's like a perfect combination of modern and retro and a lot of game collectors are jumping on this and uh, for good reason i definitely think this is a must buy for a lot of you know retro beat-em-up fans and retro collectors all right uh one piece odyssey is next up uh one piece if you don't know what one piece is a lot of people do but if you do not it is a anime about monkey d luffy is his name monkey d luffy or monkey d luffy there's a lot of people pronounce it different ways. I've always said Luffy, but I think it's Luffy. Monkey D. Luffy. Anyways, Luffy um, is the main character of One Piece, which is an anime about pirates. And he wants to be king of the pirates and find the One Piece treasure, if I'm remembering it correctly. Uh, he wants the One Piece, basically. He, everyone's after the One Piece. So it's One Piece is the name of the anime slash manga. Manga slash anime. And One Piece Odyssey was announced, uh, which is a open world. It was either, I think it was announced earlier, actually. And this is just a little bit more gameplay or something. I don't remember, but uh, open world One Piece game. Looks really good. I'm really interested in it. And I really want to see what they do with this. They kind of said it was like an RPG, an open world RPG. We're going to see about that because it's probably like an open world RPG with like jump force mechanics. (laughs) It's going to be like Dragon Ball Kakarot kind of but combined with like the jump force fighting, I don't know. We'll see. I really hope it's good. I like the design of one piece. I stopped reading slash watching it a long time ago, but maybe this will get me back into it. So one piece odyssey, pretty excited for it. Next up, we got more information on Nightingale. It's a Victorian portal traveling survival game. It was kind of like a very Victorian art style, very Victorian theming, but they had this like, portal that you can use and you can put like different keystones in and it lets you travel to these different dimensions where you can live and try to survive and fight and farm materials and build houses and stuff like that um and there's like different creatures in each world it looks really good and it looks really really fun so i'm keeping my eye on nightingale next up we had gotham knights gameplay looked okay comes out october 25th 2022 this is gonna be a wait for me i don't know how i feel about it i hope it's good and but uh my my feelings are meh right now i kind of just wish they would have made another single player batman game but you know i'm not the only target demographic here but i don't think it looks good but it comes out october 25th so we're gonna wait and see what the reception is on that maybe i will end up giving it a shot Last, uh, last but not least for the Summer Game Showcase by Jeff Keighley is The Last of Us 1 Remastered for the PS5, um, or, or Last of Us Part 1 now they're calling it, 
they're trying to do Sony's trying to do this thing where they had Last of Us and then Last of Us Part Two, but now they want to make it Last of Us Part One and Last of Us Part Two. So, anyways, Last of Us Part One remastered for PS Five. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with them updating the gameplay. I'm okay with them updating the models for the most part. They're completely changing how they look almost. Or at least it appears that way. I've never played Last of Us. I played a little bit of Last of Us 1. Not enough for it to really matter. But I know a lot of people are not happy with them remaking or remastering Last of Us 1. They said like, oh, you know, it's been such little time compared to like other games you could focus on on updating and remastering for playstation 5 why are you doing the last of us when i had a ps4 remaster but they're doing it anyway which is like okay you know whatever maybe this is where i'll hop in for 30 bucks and just get the ps5 version oh 30 bucks you say wow that's actually insane they said you know sony's like that's crazy you thought it was gonna be 30 bucks psych 70 buddy 70 buckos for this remake or slash remaster which is absolutely insane i don't even think like the crash bandicoot insane trilogy i believe was like 30 or 40 bucks when it came out i don't even think it was a full 60 dollars when it came out it might have been 50 but it was not a full 60 and it had three games on it all fully hd remade for playstation 4 and xbox one this game while it looks great like from some of the images and like stills and clips they're showing does not I would not pay seventy dollars for this. I'm gonna be deadly serious with you. I think I don't think this game is gonna sell as great as they think it is, and I think people are gonna be really pissed off that they're charging seventy dollars, and that's a lot of the backlash I'm seeing online. I thought that I saw I was like, oh wow, this you know thirty dollar remake for the PS5, nice. Nope, seventy bucks, definitely not getting it now. And then I go on Twitter and I see everyone saying the same thing. So I mean, Twitter is like a cesspool, but uh, you know, cesspool of an of opinions, but. It's uh, it's crazy that everyone's kind of agreeing that $70 is insanity. So, yeah, that was the final announcement of the Summer Games Fest. Summer Games Showcase. Summer Games Fest of 2022 by Jeff Keighley. I thought it was okay. Like I said, he said it was going to be as crazy. He said it was not going to be as crazy as past years. So... My expectations weren't high, and I was not overly disappointed. Next up, minor news. Plucky Squire is a game coming out on Nintendo Switch. It looks like a Zelda Link's Awakening type game set in a storybook. Looks fun. Looks really fun. Looks really, like, I don't know, relaxing, not overly intense. Looks good. Going to be a fun little Switch game, I think. Uh, Especially with the Link, like the obvious Zelda inspirations. Next up, for the minor news, we got Cult of the Lamb. It's a cult-themed roguelike game I'm super pumped for. And it's coming out August 11th, out on Switch and PlayStation, I believe. So, there's that, Cult of the Lamb. That's a must-buy for me. Just because I really love roguelikes. And I think the art style is pretty sick. Alright, next up. Next up, next up. We got the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase. So this is going to take up the biggest part of the episode, guys. Let's buckle up. Um, I, I kind of cut through a lot of smaller stuff, put a lot of the big stuff in here, even the, even the ones that I don't care about. And it's going, to be a long, it's going to be a long section, but a lot of cool stuff to talk about. I think they did pretty good. So, All right, first thing, we got Redfall. 
open world vampire game made by Arcane, I think. People that made Deathloop. I think it's Arcane. Open world vampire game. Uh, it's going to be an Xbox console exclusive. It's going to be a co-op and it's going to come out first quarter, I believe, of 2023. I think it looks interesting. I think it looks fun. I am not sure that I'll buy it physically, though. I definitely will give it a try on Game Pass because I currently have like Game Pass. I got it for like really cheap, but uh, I don't know if I'll buy a physical copy because a lot of these Game Pass games, if they have physical copies, if I like them, I go out and buy the physical copy because I want to like have that because I'm not going to keep Game Pass forever. But yeah. So I don't know. I'll try it out, and if I love it, I'll buy it. But I will. We're gonna see. This is one that I'm not willing to take the risk on. Next game, we got High on Life. It's a first-person shooter game created by Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty fame. Uh, it looks amazing graphically. Normally, like these, uh, they used to be. I think they're called Squanch games now. They were called. They were called uh, Squanch Tendo. But I believe it's just Squanch Games now. They had that Trover Saves the World game, that VR game. And the, the graphics and stuff look good. And obviously it's a VR game. But it's kind of got... It's got like a... High on Life has a very updated, amazing looking, next generation feeling graphics art style that looks similar to Trover Saves the Universe. It looks amazing. I mean, did the graphically compared to what I thought this was going to be like for a Squanch game, Justin Roiland game, I was blown away by how this looks. I am ex super excited for this. Um, it looks amazing graphically and gameplay wise, it looks a lot of fun and it has a ton of personality. Um, you know, like the guns talk to you uh, and have different personalities. So even the knife has a personality who's voiced by Michael Cusack, a smiling friend's fame, by the way co-created with psychic pebbles one of my favorite youtube personalities well youtube personalities content creator he's an animator old school animator from Newgrounds. but yeah anyways uh i'm super excited for this I'm, I'm excited for it because it looks amazing i love like these little comedy games no it's not little but these comedy games made by justin Roiland. i love them uh, i think it's gonna be fun i think it's gonna be funny i think it's gonna look amazing it's gonna be like a next gen comedy game comedy fps game where the shooting and the like gameplay actually looks fun so it's not like it's sacrificing it for this comedy gimmick it looks like it's gonna be a genuine shooter game with legit valid mechanics that also has like these comedy bits in it and looks amazing so i'm super pumped for it it's gonna have content creators in it i've been watching for years i.e michael cusack uh psychic pebbles zach psychic pebbles zach is like my absolute favorite i'm I, i'm gonna assume that oni chris oni is gonna be in it i'm excited for this game uh it's gonna be xbox exclusive uh october of this year which is insane because i mean this is the first time we've heard about this game uh this is a must buy for me i mean honestly high on life i'm gonna play it on game pass and stuff when it comes out day one but if i really really like this game which i'm assuming i'm going to i'm gonna buy it right out the gate because i liked i like justin roiland uh creatively you know i think he's cool i don't know anything about him personally but creatively i think he's really funny i liked i you know i liked the first two seasons of rick and morty i liked Trover Saves the Universe when it came out. I played and beat that game. Um, I think this game looks amazing graphically. The gameplay looks fun. It looks snappy. It looks like it's going to be interesting with how the guns give you crap while you're shooting them. 
and uh, just a ton of personality. And I'm going to have a lot of fun just playing this game and just combing through the audio dot like scenes and like the or the audio um, dialogue like sections where they're talking to each other and stuff. Like, and he's trying to be like, oh, is this this content creator? Is this Psychic Pebbles? Is this, you know, who's voicing this character? I'm really excited for that. So, High on Life, High on Life uh, looks amazing. It's a must-buy. Must-buy, at least, definitely must-play, but I think it's going to be a must-buy for me, dog. It looks good. All right, next up, uh, Overwatch 2 is going to be free-to-play. I... By my voice, as you can obviously tell, am not excited about this at all. But I think the free-to-play nature of it is going to give it some potential to grow again. But my thing is, and now I'm going to go into a long thing about why I hate Overwatch. I used to play Overwatch. I played it competitively. I played the rank modes. I was platinum and diamond in Overwatch. Screw Overwatch. The monetization got awful. There were loot crates for everything. It was so bad. You pay $60 to $70 for this full, fully multiplayer thing. And if they just wanted to make us pay like $10 or $15 for some expansions and get maps and battle passes and stuff through that, whatever, fine. Um, granted, it came out like 2016, kind of during an age where the battle pass was just starting, basically. It's kind of new at the time. And um, at least it felt new. I didn't really see it around that much. But it didn't have a battle pass and it just they monetized the crap out of it to the point where it got kind of disgusting. It's like I'd rather just go to the store and buy what skin I wanted outright with my money instead of re-rolling and re-rolling. So I hope that because it's going free to play it's not going to get disgustingly monetized. But it's made by Activision Blizzard so we will see. I am scared for that for the monetization options. And then they charge me $20 for an icon for my profile. Like, it's ridiculous. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I used to love Overwatch. I think the com the community has kind of turned me away from it because they're kind of obsessive to about it. And the gameplay, I think, is just dead. It's boring. A lot of people have quit. And it's just not fun to play or watch anymore. So we'll see if Overwatch 2 will do anything at all. So... Yeah, but they talked about that in the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Next thing they talked about is Forza Horizon 5. Hot Wheels DLC. I believe, actually, I just want to kind of preface this. Before the Forza Horizon 5, they had, like, I believe the Bethesda section where they talked about Fallout 76 and Elder Scrolls Online stuff. I don't care about those. So I didn't include them, but um, that's something I'll throw in there. So, I don't know. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC looks pretty sick. I am pretty pumped for the Hot Wheels DLC. I like the Hot Wheels DLC in the last game. It wasn't the last one. It was, the one, it was Forza Horizon 3 had the Hot Wheels DLC. But it looks fun. looks cool. I'm into it. I'm going to get it for sure. Next up, we got Scorn, which is this like weird horror shooter FPS, but... They said it's not really FPS. They said it doesn't really rely super hard on the FPS mechanics, whatever that means. I'm assuming it's kind of like a first person run around and explore this weirdly grotesque, gory world with 
minor shooting. Um, this game is looks really interesting, but it is extremely violent, extremely gory, extremely grotesque. I mean, you're literally walking around in like a flesh dungeon. Like it's like the walls are like bloody with like moving like skin on them. These monsters you're fighting are like disgustingly grotesque. Your these guns you're shooting are like living guns, and you like crack them open and pull like the teeth out and put new teeth in, and then you start firing and stuff. It looks insane. This game is gross. It's weird. Uh, it's extremely violent looking and gory, but it does look kind of interesting. Uh, it's gonna be Xbox exclusive. Xbox coming out with the exclusives now, but. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to try it because it looks kind of weird, but it is very violent and extremely grotesque. So, or not grotesque, gory, I guess grotesque works too, but it's very gory. So just like a heads up, if you're going to look into this, it's pretty brutal. So I, I try to make this family friendly podcast, uh, the family friendly game collecting podcast. So I want to give you guys heads up when things are, uh, a little bit, you know, more violent or more gory than kind of like the norm so this is definitely that scorn is the name s-c-o-r-n but yeah i think i'm gonna try it but just heads up next up we have minecraft space legends minecraft legends an action strategy game made by mojang uh will be xbox exclusive i guess so looks crazy uh it's gonna be interesting to see what this is they had a little bit of gameplay i didn't fully understand it but i think you know an action action strategy game by mojang based on the minecraft universe would be cool i would love to see from mojang slash bethesda um this we're going off topic now this is not about minecraft legends but it'd be cool to see a minecraft rpg set in like a minecraft world you know where yeah, uh, it's fully built and everything for you already, everything like that, right? You're just kind of wandering around in this, like, Minecraft world. But it's like a first-person Bethesda RPG. I think that would be sick. I think it would sell, like, hotcakes. I think it would be amazing. You could update the graphics a little bit to be, like, 4K, you know, but still have, like, the voxel-based graphics. I think that would sell, like, print money. But anyways, Minecraft Legends <laughs> is an action, stra action strategy game. I don't, like I said, I don't fully know what that means. The gameplay trailer looked like it was top-down. Or like third person top down view. I don't know. Hard to explain. But it was like third person. But you're kind of like up and elevated more. And you're looking down. But I don't know. It looks interesting. I can't say much about it. Because I don't fully understand what I was looking at. But I think this has potential for sure. Minecraft always sells. So. Next up. Lightyear Frontier. Looks good. It has farming and exploration. And it's an Xbox exclusive. That's that, y'all. I mean, there's not really much I can say about it, but it looks interesting. So I put it on the list. Lightyear Frontier. Next up, Gunfire Reborn. Uh, it's like a. It looks awesome. I think it looks cool. It's a cool-looking shooter. Uh, it's going to be a FPS roguelike with some RPG mechanics. I love my roguelikes. And guess what else it is? Xbox exclusive, baby. So I will be trying this out when it comes out. I think it's coming out on Game Pass. Uh, we'll see how it does. This might be a physical copy pickup if they do one for me. Xbox exclusive. Insane. Next up, we got a huge 
gigantic, monstrous announcement for people uh, of the Beth or not the Bethesda of the Blizzard, Activision fan base. I guess I don't know. It's Diablo Four. Diablo Four is the announcement. Massive, massive, massive announcement. People have been begging and clamoring and complaining to get this game for a long time now. I personally am not excited for this game at all. I played Diablo 3. I liked Diablo 3. Not a mega fan, though. Not really clamoring for Diablo 4. But people are, and it's a big deal. And uh, it will be exclusive to Xbox consoles. So it's coming out on PC and Xbox console only. So crazy um this is a huge announcement looks interesting looks cool big big deal for diablo fans so good on you guys for getting that diablo that you're complaining about all the dang time next up we got ravenlock uh looks like a cool like rpg zelda clone it's gonna be xbox exclusive i like the art style a lot i think they did a good job with the art style so ravenlock look it up look into it looks good xbox exclusive Next up, massive, massive, massive announcement for JRPG fans. Let me take a drink a second. Got some water. I'm talking so stinking much. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Next announcement. Major announcement for Japanese RPG fans, JRPG fans, I guess. Uh, Persona 3, 4, and 5 all coming to Xbox Game Pass. This is insane that they got Atlas to do this. Persona 5 is no longer an exclusive to PlayStation anymore, baby. They got him. Phil Spencer was like, gentlemen, we got him. He was so pumped. Came out on stage. He got his determined to face on he's like yeah we get persona 5 now persona 5 oh wait uh, you know, well he said 3 4 and 5 so he got you he got you sony he got persona 5 i mean what are you gonna do about it nothing obviously because you don't have it anymore uh this is big a lot of people on the uh xbox side have been saying you guys don't interact with japanese devs anymore i think i said like japanese devs anymore i think i said japanese weird but anyways yeah so they don't uh, do much with the Japanese companies, which is like why you're seeing a lot of rumors of them buying Sega, which I don't think is going to happen. But yeah, so they, they do not have very many JRPGs, Japanese-based games, and Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5 coming to Xbox. Not only Xbox, but Xbox Game Pass is amazingly huge for people on the Xbox console, so... Good on you guys. I hope you guys are happy about getting those games. Next up, uh, not we don't know what exact game this is. We don't know what series it is. All we know is who's making it. We don't even know the name of the game. But the guy making this game is the um, well-renowned creative genius uh, Hideo Kojima of Death Stranding and Metal Gear fame is making a game exclusively for Xbox. This has been long rumored for a long time now, months and months. Um, but today, well not today, but the day of the showcase, this showcase, Xbox Bethesda, they solidified it. This is going to be happening, a Hideo, G Hideo Kojima exclusive game for Xbox. Uh, that's huge. I think it's massive. Um, personally, I never, I haven't played Death Stranding or the Metal Gear Solid games. I have to give them a try at some point. 
but I am going to sit back and, you know, even though this isn't something I know that much about, I do know how hugely respected Hideo Kojima is as a creator. And I think that this is massive. So good on, good on you guys for getting him. I'm glad you guys got him. Uh, I'm glad that this is a thing that is happening and I'm excited to see where this goes. So Hideo Kojima game exclusive to Xbox. Get ready for it, everybody. Get ready for it, everybody. It's big. Next up. Well, next up. More like finally. For the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Uh, the massive, massive, massive game. Starfield. Had a gameplay showcase. This game is my most anticipated game in a long, long time. I'm clamoring out here for a Bethesda RPG, alright? I'm I'm sweating, man. I want a Bethesda RPG. I'm tired of going back. I'm tired of playing Fallout New Vegas all the time. I'm tired of playing Fallout 3 all the time. I'm tired of playing stinking Skyrim. Do you know how long I've beaten Skyrim? How many times I've beaten Skyrim? I've beaten it a billion times. I have like 500, 600 hours in that game. And that's rookie numbers. People have thousands in that game. I played Oblivion. I haven't played Morrowind yet. I played Oblivion. I played Fallout 4. I played everything. I want a Bethesda RPG. As we all know, this game got delayed till next year. But this gameplay showcase kind of uh, gave me hope and excitement. And this game is still one of my most anticipated games of all time. I am so excited to see Starfield, more of Starfield, and get to be able to play it in its entirety when it releases next year. Um, but let's go into what they talked about in the Starfield showcase, and I'm going to nerd out for a little bit, so everybody get ready. Uh, first off, um, well, first thing I really want to talk about is just like the graphics. Graphically, it looks impressive and amazing. The environments are amazingly detailed. The creatures are detailed as well. It just It looks crazy. The vase animations look amazing. Um, I think they did a good job with this game, art style-wise, design-wise. Um, some people say it looks basic, but a lot of things that people are forgetting is that, you know, each game has its own lore, right? Fallout has its lore. Skyrim has its lore. Um, this game is supposed to be kind of centered in a more, like, believable reality. This game is kind of close. the closest uh, reality or, like, situation to us, I guess, as possible. You know, Skyrim is on the planet Nern. With all these crazy creatures and trolls and swords and dragons. And Fallout is like a post-apocalyptic United States that has been stuck in like a 50s, 60s culture. And, um, you know, but has like weirdly futuristic vibes to it. This game is like centered more so in reality. And, but, you know, has like elements of, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Just like space travel and stuff. Sci-fi elements. So there's a scene in the trailer where it shows the Mars rover. So uh, I, whether it is actually the Mars rover or not, I don't know. But it is obviously based off of the Mars rover. And it looks amazing. Just the graphics, um, graphically, design-wise. The character facial animations are the, I, the best I think a Bethesda game's ever looked at. Or looked well, the best they've looked, period, really. I mean, it looks amazing. Um, to a lot of the people that are complaining that this game looks meh, I mean, you have to keep in mind, right, that 
and I'm not trying to like defend Bethesda super hard here. I it, I do think it looks the best out of their games in a long time. And yeah, sure, okay, they could have done more, but when you're thinking about these massively open world RPGs, this game's big, by the way. There's gonna be like a thousand open worlds. We'll get into that later, but an open world RPG with all this AI, moving pieces, all this stuff, like dialogue sections, like everything. It's not going to be like, I don't know, Horizon Forbidden West level insane. So I don't know. We'll see. I think it looks great. I think it looks amazing. I think people are just trying to be overly analytical sometimes. But, you know, that's the prerogative. I mean, you're buying a product, so you can really critique it all you want because you don't have to buy it. But I think it looks good, and I'm going to be buying it. So, yeah. Uh, Next thing I wanted to talk about was the gameplay mechanics. I think the shooting looks kind of basic, but the gameplay shown was, uh, as Mr. Maddie, Mr. Maddie play was kind of talking about it. And as you can see in the video, it's low level. I think they were like level one or level two enemies. And I think you were level one or level two in the trailer. The main character was, so it may improve, you know, with like weapon mods and weapon modica- modifications and stuff, but we'll see o- overall. I'm not too worried about it, but it did look kind of basic at the start. So um, there was a new Digilock lockpick system. So as you guys know, we have like the lockpick mechanics from like Oblivion, and then they kind of went to the Skyrim slash Fallout 4 lockpick mechanic. I think Fallout New Vegas and 3 had them too, but that kind of rotating the sticks and stuff. This game's pretty similar, except for, you know, obviously this is space, right? So who needs lockpicks anymore when you have digital locks? So they have digital lockpicks now. <laughs> but basically, you're just hacking into these um, digital locks for these like saves and stuff. And you, what it is, it's like a white circle and pieces of the circle are missing. And then they give you like these little sections of templates where it has the sections of the circle that are missing, but you need to get all of them to fit in the circle and not overlap. And that's how you pick the lock to create like a full circle. So I think it looks good and I think it looks fun. I'm uh, pretty happy with that. Uh, the character creation system looks amazing. Uh, I could really go into this, but... It looks to be their most detailed character creator in a long, long time. Uh, there's backgrounds for your characters that give you like special skills. So it's kind of like the choose your path or your background thing from Cyberpunk, except for this actually has an impact, not just a cosmetic impact or like a superficial impact like Cyberpunk's did. This has actual meaningful impact. So that's cool. Um, I don't know if it'll be like story-wise as in-depth as Cyberpunk, but in terms of like mechanically, it is uh, way more impactful on the game. Traits that give you advantages and disadvantages. Now, I don't know what that really means, but maybe uh, you could have like a dumb trait. Like, so you're dumb, your intelligence is low, but like you're really strong. I don't know. But traits that give you advantages and disadvantages are like a cool way to like minimax and kind of really customize your character and your build so that's really cool um what i really like too is they talked about the skill system and what i really like about it is that it combines the fallout skill system with the skyrim still skill system right so when you level out like a fall level up like in fallout you would be like getting these skill points and you put them into skills right so they they have that in this game but like in skyrim where you like in Skyrim, you f- the more you fought with a one-handed sword, you would level up one-handed, right? So you didn't have to have like um, you didn't have like a like your one-handed skill wasn't tied into like points, right? Like you didn't level up 
and you didn't get 15 points, and then you put 15 points into one-handed, right? You would level up, but it would give you, like, health and stuff in Skyrim. In Skyrim, what mattered was doing the thing that you were trying to level up, right? So if you're trying to lockpick, you needed to pick a bunch of locks. If you're trying to smith, you need to smith a bunch of things. Uh, if you're fighting, whatever weapon you were fighting with increased that that weapon's level, which then gave you experience, right? So they're bringing that back in a way where when they combine these two systems, the Fallout system and the Skyrim system, you get the skill points from the Fallout system, you know, like the 15 points for leveling up or whatever, and you put those into your skills. But where the Skyrim system kicks in in Starfield is where you get those skills and you unlock those skills with the skill points, right, that you put into it. Um, the more you use those skills, you get uh, specialty perks from using that skill more. So I don't know exactly what the different skills and perks are, but let's say you're leveling up one-handed guns or something like that, or uh, sidearms, and you're using sidearms all the time. Well, okay, every time you level up, you could put like 10 or 15 points into sidearms, like in Fallout, but the more you're using sidearms, like in Skyrim, you'll get specialty perks. So for that for your side arms so um sorry i was kind of like a uh, ring around you know big uh i don't know circle basically explaining that but I, I i'm not the best at explaining things sometimes but kind of just a big uh combination of the fallout skyrim skill system uh i think it's really cool and uh i think that it, it makes the rpg mechanics and character design, like character, like build design, I guess your character build, uh, really like intricate and stuff like that, and it can make it really matter. So, I'm happy with that. Uh, the deep crafting system that the game has includes gun mods and stuff. Uh, that's cool. I like gun mods. I'm cool with that. That's a big plus with me because you can really even further uh, customize your character build and just improve your guns overall. Uh, create it. You can. Oh, okay. So this is big. You can create outposts and hire characters from around like the universe, basically, to maintain and work out these outposts and generate resources for you. This is cool. Kind of like the settlement system in Fallout. This is awesome. I like this. This is gonna be cool. Except for you can create outposts on different planets. So it's gonna be really cool. I'm curious to see how in depth this gets. Next up, we have customizing your ship completely. So visually and mechanically, you can just completely customize and overhaul your ship. That's really cool. I uh, they didn't let you do that in Outer Worlds, so I'm interested to see how this works and how this like affects the game. Um, they made it seem like you can fly your ship planet to planet. I've heard that that has been confirmed not true since that's been a, like uh, talked about. They did show space combat like in your spaceship but i didn't i heard like they made it seem like you could fly planet to planet but uh i don't think you can uh i believe that's been deconfirmed or uh well not deconfirmed but maybe classified is the word i'm looking for there next up we have a thousand different planets the famous uh todd howard clip um i I'm curious to see what, like, ends up being true out of that statement where he says, We have a thousand different planets for you to explore. I'm curious to see if this is real or if this is, 
like BS. Uh, I mean, I'm going to assume, let me clarify. I think it's real. I think there's going to be a thousand different planets, but are these planets meaningful or are they BS planets, right? Like, are they barren, like boring planets? Or are these planets each have specific characteristics with like cool things to explore? I doubt each, I I bet you there's going to be 500 cool planets that are going to have cool things to do and like dungeons and ruins and stuff to explore, right? But 500 of them are probably just outpost planets where you can go there and create an outpost and start an outpost at that planet. So that's what I think it's going to be. But that's what kind of the general consensus is when people talk about that a thousand planets to explore quote. So I, that's what I'm going to assume it is as of right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, my opinions overall um, on the game, I mean, it's an Xbox exclusive. This is the main reason why I bought a Series X. Uh, this game is my most anticipated game in a long, long time, and I cannot wait for it enough. I'm so excited. Overall, like if I had to use a number system on the Starfield gameplay showcase, I'd give it a 7 or an 8. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, it definitely... I'm pretty excited for it. It definitely gave me like uh, a reason to be just even more pumped than I am now. You know what? And I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. I said a 7 or an 8. I'm going to say an 8 or a 9. I'm like super, super pumped for this game. I cannot wait for this game to come out. So, yeah. It's an Xbox exclusive. Get yourself an Xbox. Get get Just get this game. When it comes out, get it. All right. Next showcase to talk about. That was everything in the xbox and bethesda showcase next up we got the pc gamer showcase like the pc gaming like magazine showcase um i'm gonna kind of blow through this because there's not a bunch of crazy stuff to talk about we're gonna talk about certain things a little bit more in depth but not not as much as we just talked about starfield for like 10 15 minutes but i felt like this was you know Something I had to talk about because A, it's a gaming showcase with like announcements and trailers. But, and even though it's mainly focused on PC games, a lot of, a lot of, or some of these games are coming to console. Um, and so I want to talk about it because it, you know, you can collect these, I'm assuming. So, first up, we got the altars. It looks interesting. They did not show gameplay, but the premise seems interesting of like these clones of the main character that all work together to try to escape this place looks really cool um i think that is going to be interesting and they had like a whole like our philosophy behind this game is blah, 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 and like explained it so i don't know the philosophy of this game is amazing i guess uh but it's going to be pc only as of now so that's that next up my game that i'm super excited for from the pc gamer showcase my number one announcement slash well it wasn't announced here but it was shown off more was the System Shock remake? If you don't know what System Shock is, it's a um, it's a what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, it's the same genre as Bioshock. It's the predis and it's the predecessor to Bioshock. So yeah, so yeah, the immersive sim. It was the immersive sim genre. That's what I'm thinking of. It's an immersive sim game, just like Bioshock, just like Deus Ex, just like uh, Dishonored. It's a it's a uh, immersive sim game, and System Shock specifically is a predecessor to Bioshock. So, um, the games are kind of you know intertwined i guess but yeah it's the predecessor to bioshock it's like a futuristic immersive sim where this like robot ai is like trying to take everything over and stuff looks really good the remake 
looks amazing graphically it looks insane the gameplay looks fun i'm excited for this like immersive game this immersive sim game i'm like i'm like super hyped super pumped for this and the cool thing is is that it's not only coming out on pc it's not only coming out on xbox it's coming out on ps5 ps4 xbox one xbox series x and xbox series s so pretty sick pretty cool system shock is my number one thing they showed today from the pc gamer showcase and i am pumped for that um, next up we got welcome to Navalis. it's a steam only game so far and it's like a cyberpunk management game this game would be a must buy for me if it was on console but it is not so next up frozen flame uh it's only steam as of now and it's like a survival open world rpg i mean it looks cool i didn't show that much of it i i don't remember but it looks all right so yeah there's that next we have back firewall um it looks good it's ps it's pc and ps5 i'm not sure what genre it is i think it might be a horror or something but it's based on like an operating system in a phone that does not want to update so that's the that's the uh lore of the game but it looks interesting i'm going to keep an eye on it pc and ps5 so we'll see how it goes but yeah, that was everything from the PC Gamer Showcase. Um, there was a lot of games talked about and stuff. I didn't really care about most of them, and I didn't think a lot of them were massive to talk about, so I kind of just wrote down what I liked out of it. So, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on those games, especially System Shock Remake. That game looks crazy. So that is originally where I had stopped the document. But before I was going to record this, there was another showcase or another, like, presentation by square enix for final fantasy and they announced that final fantasy remake part two is called final fantasy 7 reborn so that's the thing that's happening it's going to come out soon i don't know if it's this year or next year i believe it's next year but final fantasy 7 reborn which is just ff7 remake part two uh reborn is going to come out soon um it's cool that they announced it and gave it a title and everything and then they announced Final Fantasy VII, or I think, well, this came first, I believe, but Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, like, remake thing. This talks about Zack and kind of ties into Final Fan the story of Final Fantasy VII, but it looks like Zack, Zack, I believe his name is, the black-haired guy, like the spiky black-haired guy. He's going to be in Final Fantasy VII remake, and I guess he's going to play a bigger part of it, so... But yeah, that was the main takeaway from the Square Enix showcase. FF7 uh, Reborn and FF7 Crisis Core. So yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. <sighs> I'm tired. I'm gonna have to cut up or cut out a lot of yawns. But yeah, that was a lot to talk about. An hour and seven minutes. So my thoughts overall on the past like month of news is there's a lot of stuff to be excited for there's a lot of stuff to buy if you're a video game collector i definitely am going to keep an eye out on all this stuff and you know as reviews come out and gameplay show gameplay trailers come out and all these things come out um you know we'll slowly start to see how this timeline shakes up if it ends up being as jam-packed as it seems right now so but yeah, I mean, that's everything, guys. That was the news. Um, we talked about what I'm collecting, or what I picked up for my collection, what I'm currently playing, and all these, all the news for the past two weeks. Uh, we went through a lot, guys. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to edit out all my coughs and all my yawns, <laughs> and uh, we're going to prepare for 
Pixel Patrol number four in a week or so. So get ready for that. Um, thank you guys so much for the support. And we're going to keep this podcast going for a while. I'm having fun doing it. So thank you guys for uh, listening to me rambling again. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys.